0: I'm excited to preach the word to you today. Listen, I want to talk about something today that, that is absolutely essential to the success of the church. And uh, I, I'm just gonna I'm just going to assume that you're smart enough to have already figured out what that might be. I want to talk to you about prayer today. And I want you to start with me in the word of God in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse number 12. John chapter 14, verse number 12. If you've got a Bible, I want to encourage you to get it out and uh, take, take a moment to get your eyes on this verse. We're going to put these verses on the screen for those that don't have a, a copy of God's word. But as you're turning there, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pray. I feel like if I'm going to preach about prayer, I probably ought to start with prayer. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this moment that we can just submit ourselves to the authority of your word. God, would you speak? In these moments, would you give us clarity? Would you give us direction? Give us understanding? Lord, your word says that the entrance of your word gives light to the eyes. God, brighten our eyes today as we meditate on your truth. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. 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 John chapter 14, verse 12. Look at these words. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Now, if you didn't know, that was Jesus talking. And so when you read Jesus saying, you've seen all the stuff I did, the, the miracles, the, the opening blinded eyes, the causing the lame to walk, the, the, the causing mute tongues to speak, casting devils out, feeding the 5,000, you've seen the things that I've been doing. And because I'm going to the Father in heaven, you're going to do greater things. How many of you would agree with me and say that's probably one of the hardest verses in the Bible to believe? I mean, that's, that's a big statement. That's almost impossible to even wrap my mind around. And, and yet because I know the word is true and it came from the mouth of Jesus who is the way and the truth, then I have to believe it's true. And that's why it's so important when we read the word of God that we read it in its context. And when you read the next two verses, it brings clarity to this incredible promise that Jesus said, you and I, as the people of God today, are going to do greater works than the works he did. Look at verse 13 and 14 with me, and this is where we're going to draw the rest of the message out from. Jesus said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So all of a sudden, Jesus, after saying, you're going to do greater things than I did, Jesus begins to talk about prayer. Jesus begins to explain something to us about understanding how the greater things are possible. How many of you know that when Jesus walked the earth as a Jewish man, for some 33 years, yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. That, that means he, he was limited in his physical faculties. Jesus was not omnipresent. Jesus probably never traveled more than 200 miles from the place of his birth his entire life. And so while Jesus did incredible miracles in the Gospels, He could only do them in one place at one time. He could only do one thing at one time. And so Jesus says, you've seen all the things that I've done, and they've been incredibly great. But once I go to the Father, you're going to do greater things than me. And the reason you're going to be able to do greater things than me is because I'm giving you power of attorney. I'm allowing you to operate in my name. So I don't know if you've ever been someone's power of attorney, but that means everything you sign, it's like they signed it. And so Jesus says, because I'm going to the Father and I'm releasing my spirit on the church, you're going to do greater things than me. Because prayer is not limited by space and prayer is not limited by time. Come on. And Jesus is saying everywhere, all the time, I'm going to be operating. I'm going to be healing. I'm going to be saving. I'm going to be delivering. I'm going to be casting out devils. Why? Because I've left my people with my authority in my name. And in these two verses, Jesus teaches us a few principles about prayer. And I want to give them to you. Number one is the range of prayer. And my, my hope, my prayer today is that it will challenge you to be more earnest in your praying. The range of prayer is found in verse 13. Jesus said, I'm going to read it again, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now when you really start to parse out the text and get to the, the roots of the Greek language, what you learn is the word whatever actually means Whatever. Whatever. How many of you know that's a pretty broad invitation for things that you can pray about? I've heard people say to me before, yeah, you know, I've tried praying, but I just don't know what to pray about. Whatever. (laughs) What do you want to pray about? That's the invitation. Whatever. He said, you can ask in my name. In Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4, I I love this verse. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Did you know you can actually pray about the things that you care about? I know for some of us, this this feels incredibly elementary, but it amazes me when I see people that are first learning how to pray, or people that don't pray often, and then they start praying, and they feel like all of a sudden, they have to stop being themselves. You've seen these people before. They change their, their accent. All of a sudden, they become English and Shakespearean. Oh, thou heavenly Father, we beseech thy throne, and it's like. I don't know about you, but I haven't beseeched anything this week. I, like, all of a sudden we feel like not only does our language and our vocabulary change, but now I have to all of a sudden pray things that I don't even care, I'm not even thinking about, things I don't even care about, like this just sounds spiritual, let's pray for that. You know, and we just start like grasping at things that sound prayerful, but you can actually come to God with whatever's on your heart, whatever matters in your life you can bring it to the lord uh, in james chapter 4 verse 2 the, the brother of jesus said this he said you have not because you ask not you have not because you ask not i, I can't imagine the moment and, and i believe it's going to happen but i can't imagine what it would be like to to get into heaven one day and to see the storehouses of heaven's resources stocked full and overflowing of god's blessing Just overstocked with all the things we didn't ask for. Like, you just, I would have have done exceedingly, Ephesians 3.20 says, abundantly, above all that you can think or ask or imagine. I had so much more. I had this whole other warehouse over here of my goodness to pour into your life, but you didn't, you didn't ask. Charles Spurgeon was preaching about that verse one time, and he said, God never shuts his storehouse until you shut your mouth. Just keep asking. Just keep believing. You're not gonna exhaust his resources, amen? In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus was teaching about prayer, and he said there's three things that we do when we pray. Matthew seven, beginning in verse seven, he said, ask, that's number one, and it'll be given to you. Seek, that's number two, and you will find. Knock, that's number three, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now I think a lot of people read that statement, and it just feels like uh, like three synonyms: ask, seek, knock. That he's really saying, pray and pray and pray. Just keep praying and you'll receive. Keep praying and you'll find. Keep praying and the door will be open. But I believe he's saying something deeper than that. I think he's saying, first of all, ask. If you have a question and you ask a question, how many of you know you're admitting right then you don't know the answer? So ask requires humility. And that's what it's. if we're going to get our prayers answered, we have to come humbly to God. And so what he's saying is when you pray, pray with humility but he doesn't say just pray with humility he says seek now seeking requires some ingenuity some ingenuity to to go after the answer yeah it's good to pray but what are you pursuing what what are you what are you doing in obedience to what the lord might be prompting you what is he saying in other words you got to put some feet to your prayers don't just ask god to do it go out and do something you know, some people, oh, I've just been, I've been praying and praying, and I just really need God to give me a job. I'm like, wow, well, where have you put in an application? Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything like that yet. You know, I've been thinking about it, but may, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll put an application in. Yes, put an application in. Don't just ask, seek. And then he says, knock. And knocking means pursuing opportunities, going after some things. Is the answer over here? Is the answer over there? God, where where are you leading me here? You know, the Bible says that that the Lord orders our steps, and so sometimes we don't feel direction because we're not stepping. God wants us to move out in obedience. You know, our culture would say opportunity knocks, but I don't really think that's true. I think the good things happen to those that have some uh, assertiveness to them. I think we've got to knock on opportunity's door. I think we've got to show up and and look for the opportunities to receive of God's goodness and to step through the doors rather than praying and just sitting at the altar saying, God, would you open a door? Lord, if you'll open a door, I'll step through it. I've learned to do the opposite. I've learned that the Holy Spirit lives in me and I can trust the Spirit of God to lead my steps because I am the righteous of God. And so I just go forward and say, God, I'm just going to keep opening doors. If you don't want me to go through this one, would you lock it, please? Just just lock the ones you don't want me to go through because I'm living by faith and I'm advancing here. Too many people are sitting in the hall waiting for God to open a door, drag them through it. He said ask, but he also said seek. He said knock. And when we'll do those things, God will respond. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm asking, seeking, knocking about some things right now for this church. Over seven years ago, I, I did a funeral here. We were a church of, I, I don't know, 50 people, maybe. And I did a funeral here for someone that was very well-known and loved in this community, and the house was packed. We had over 200 people here. The parking lot was full. People had to park on the street, down the street. There was a line at the bathroom. Some of you are like, we know, we come to the 10 a.m. service. We, we, You don't have to explain what that looked like. But I... I saw all that, and the Holy Spirit just gave me a, a vision. He, he made it very, I say gave me a vision. I don't want you to think I saw like a blue cloud over the room. I just mean in my mind's eye, I saw it as plain as day. In my heart, I was like, we're going to break 100. We're going we're gonna to go to 200. We're going to grow to 250. And then all of a sudden, we actually had 200 people. And I was like, this ain't going to work. And God made it clear to me over seven years ago, this is going to be a church of 350 people strong, but it's going to be in three services. And so my whole mentality changed, and I began to pray in a different direction. Well, guess what, church? We're there. We're there. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. And you know what? I'm asking God. Okay, Lord, give me another picture. Give me another vision. But I'm not just asking God. I'm seeking I'm saying, okay, look, how can we do this? I'm at a meeting this week with some ministry leaders in the church. We're trying to figure out how to add ministries to the church when we don't have enough space to do them in. The, the calendar is, is locked up, and the classrooms are being used up. And praise God, these are the church problems I want to have. Amen? Well, God help us. We don't have enough space. That's the problems I want, but we're, being, we're, we're seeking And we're knocking and we're saying, God, what what do you want next? We're having conversations. I'm not just going to sit here at the altar and say, God, I want you to do something. I'm going to talk to a real estate agent. I'm going to talk to a a contractor. We're going to figure out, God, are you wanting us to build something here? Are you wanting us to, to, to buy something? What are you wanting us to do? And God wants to lead us in our obedience to seek him first in humility but to seek him with ingenuity and to knock at the door of opportunity. And God will make a way. He said, whatever, whatever you need. Here's the range of prayer. Whatever you need, just come to me with it. Ask me. But secondly, here's the requirement of prayer. It's also in verse 13. He said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. See, the requirement of prayer is that we ask in the name of Jesus. Because prayer is more than just saying words. Prayer is actually aligning our hearts with the heart of the Father. When we pray, we're submitting ourselves, our will, our agenda to what He wants to do. And so we're coming in His name. You know, prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. A lot of times we we don't get our prayers answered because we we have no intention of of, of doing anything different. We just want to make sure that God has our schedule. Like, God, I'm going to need you to change that, fix that, do this. Could you keep up? God's not trying to keep up with you. He's not trying to keep up with me. But when we come and we lay it all before the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm coming in your name. God will align our hearts with his will. If we're just going to come and just just, you know, throw a bunch of things at whatever at the Lord but not submit it to his will, save yourself some time, get you a few pennies and walk over to the mall and just start throwing them in the little pond there, because that's that's about as good as that prayer strategy works. Just get you a wishing well somewhere and you know, and just talk about all the stuff you want to happen. But when we say, Jesus, I'm bringing the desires of my heart, I'm bringing the burdens of my life, and I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I want everything that I'm saying to align with what you're doing. The Bible says we can have incredible confidence in our prayers. In fact, John, the beloved, he wrote in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, he said, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. Now, if you write in your Bible, you ought to underline that phrase because that's the key. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask for, what we ask of him. See, we have this incredible opportunity when we come in Jesus' name. The Bible reveals in Hebrews 9 that Jesus is our great high priest. He's our great high priest. Now, now that, that metaphor might be lost on, on unchurched or biblically illiterate people in an American culture, but, but if you've been a student of the Word, if you've spent time in, in church, you're probably familiar with the Old Testament pattern of how people approach God. For the most part, they didn't approach God. A priest approached God for them. The priest would go and stand before the Lord. The priest would make the offerings. The priest would make the sacrifices and burn the incense and and pour out the the water. It was the priest that came before the Lord. And, And the highest of the priests was the high priest who went and made atonement for the sins of the people. And so the writer of Hebrews so beautifully unpacks for us all of the things that confused us in the Old Testament. If you don't understand the Old Testament, read Hebrews first. It'll make a whole lot more sense. And he begins to explain how Jesus is not just the priest. Jesus is not the high priest. Jesus is the great high priest. He's created a new title. He's the great high priest. Because the priest had to go before the Lord with the sins of the people. But before they could do that, they had to actually make a sacrifice for their own sins because they were imperfect too. Jesus never had to make a sacrifice for his own sins. And then after they were cleansed, they would go in and they would make a sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. But that only lasted for a little while. And then they would have to go back in and make another sacrifice. The writer of Hebrews says, Jesus doesn't have to go back. Jesus made a once and for all sacrifice. Because Jesus didn't bring a lamb and lay it on the, offer, on the altar. Jesus was the lamb. And he was perfect and he was spotless. And his blood shed at Calvary was a once and done sacrifice. And not only that, he doesn't have to go through a veil and into a, into a place. The Bible says that Jesus right now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And he ever lives to intercede for you. You've got a great high priest. I, I, I love my Catholic brothers and sisters, but listen, I don't need any guy in a box to talk to Jesus on my behalf. I have a great high priest. I can go straight to the Father in Jesus' name. That's what that means. When we say in Jesus' name at the end of our prayer, we're not saying sincerely yours. We're not signing off. We're saying, God, everything that we've prayed, every desire of our heart, everything that we've laid before you, we don't want any of it if it doesn't line up with the will of Jesus. But because we're praying according to the word, because our hearts are pure, and your word says if we seek your kingdom first, you'll give us the desires of our heart, we're praying with authority because Jesus has all power and authority in his hands. And he's given us that power of attorney To leverage his authority in the spiritual realm. And so we pray everything in Jesus' name. The third thing about prayer that we learn in these two verses. is not only that there's a range of prayer. And there's a requirement of prayer. But there's a response to prayer. The response is in verse 14 of John 14. Let's look at it again. He says, you may ask me for anything in my name and i will do it that ought to excite somebody with a need today jesus says i will do it that's the response to prayer so can i remind you what it is we're doing when we go before the heart of the father it's not self-talk See a lot of people do that when they pray, they start thinking about their issue and then they start praying about it and while they're praying about it, they start getting ideas how to fix it and so pretty soon they stop talking to God and they're just talking to themselves you just you just left God out of the equation you're, you're not you're not talking about god that, that's not that's not christianity that's that's Eastern mysticism. You might as well just you know cross your legs and stare at your belly button and look within because that's That's where you're getting your answer from. When we pray, we lift our eyes toward the maker of the heavens and the earth. We're calling on the God of heaven. We're asking him to to move on our behalf and to respond to the needs that we're facing in our life, in our situation. There's a response that comes from God. We're not just venting about our problems. We're not just verbally processing. We're not just talking it out. We're going to the Father. And he says, if you'll ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And God, in his grace, has given us his word. This is his self-disclosing revelation of himself to mankind. God wants you to know who he is so that you know who you're calling on when you pray. The first verse of the Bible reveals him as God Elohim. He is the mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, our victory. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. He is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. He is Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shama. The Lord is here. And he reveals himself to us so that when we pray, We're not just talking about our issues. We're not just coming for some internal counseling dialogue. We're coming to the one who has the ability to meet and supply our every need. In Psalm chapter 2 and verse 8, God says, Ask me, and I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. When I read a prayer like that, I feel convicted. I don't pray big enough prayers. I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. And I'm praying over traffic. Right? See, I, I think I think the, the way we pray reveals the perspective we have about our God. We ought to pray some big prayers because we serve a big God. There's no request that's too big that He can't handle. In fact, Jeremiah 32 17 says, Nothing is too hard for God. I love that. Nothing is too hard for God but a lot of us we actually don't have a problem big, bringing the big things to God because we know those are out of our hands and we just feel like well that's what God's for the things that are too big for me and so you have no problem praying in the crisis or, or in the emergency it's the opposite is true for some of us you, you're reluctant to pray about the small things because, you know, I mean, God's probably got a lot going on today. I don't want to bother him with, a, you know, with an ingrown toe or something. You know, I just, I got, other people have bigger problems. And some of you, you, you disqualify your seat in the throne room of grace because you're always looking at everybody else's bigger issue. And thank God that you have a heart to intercede for other people. But Jesus also said, whatever you need. And there's no thing in your life that is too small for God. Jesus even said, the hairs of your head are numbered. That's a detail-oriented deity, all right? That's a God who cares about the small things. He cares about the little things in your life. If you're just approaching God because prayer seems like a right thing to do or a religious thing to do, and you're just going through the motions of some experiment, I want to promise you, that's not going to achieve much. I mean, it might calm your nerves a little bit. You know, it it might help you with some mental exercise, but it's not going to move heaven on your behalf. When you come to God in prayer, you have to believe. You have to believe that God listens when you pray, that he hears you, and that he wants to respond. And when you move in your prayer life into that dimension of faith, I want to promise you big things are going to happen. Big things will happen. There was a story in Mark chapter 9 where The disciples were trying to cast a demon off of a man's son. The little boy was having epileptic seizures, but it was more than a physical condition. There was a spiritual component to it. These demon spirits would cause him to seize into the fire, into the water, and he almost drowned. He almost died. And they couldn't cast the devil out, and so they asked Jesus to come and to cast the devil out. Jesus asked him what what was happening, and the father explained what was going on with his son. And then the father says this to Jesus. He says, if if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I want you to see Mark chapter 9, verse 23. After the father says, if you can do anything, take pity on us, here's what Jesus said. If, if you can, And I think that's the way Jesus responds to some of our prayer lives. Like, God, if I mean, if you have time, if I have time, God, if, if you could, if you could find it in your heart, God is love. God, if you could, if you could, if you could make a way, I am the way. God, if there's any, what do you mean if? Jesus said, if you can. And then he tells him this, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who believes. And then he speaks to the sickness in the boy and casts the devils out and raises him up in that moment. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says it like this, Call upon me, saith the Lord, and I will show you unsearchable, great and unsearchable things that you do not know. How many of you would just acknowledge today there are some things you don't know? Would anybody go a little farther with me and say there are some things you don't even know where to look? Not only do I not know them, they're unsearchable. I I don't even know where to start. But here's the the power of your prayer life. If you will ask God, and if you will seek where you can seek, and you will knock where you can knock, not only will God honor that uh, that diligence and that ingenuity God will answer the prayers where you don't even know how to seek and you don't even know what door to knock on he said he'll do the unsearchable things if we'll call on him in prayer the fourth thing is this there's a reason for prayer there's a reason for prayer and it says in john chapter 14, verse 13 again. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's so important that we don't miss this principle of prayer. That the purpose for our prayers and the purpose for Jesus answering our prayers is the glory of the Father. He wants to be glorified. The only reason Jesus did miracles was to bring glory to the Father. and It was to give credibility to his ministry. He even said at one time, if you don't believe me for the words that I'm saying, believe me for the miracles. How many of you know some folks, they're not convinced by my preaching, but if they saw you know, somebody's short leg grow out, they'd probably be convinced. If they saw a blind eye open, they might believe. If they saw somebody that was crippled get up out of a wheelchair, they might change their mind about the Bible. Jesus says, I'm doing these things to bring glory to the Father. So our prayers, we can't pray from a selfish motive. In that same text in James chapter 4, where the brother of Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. In the next verse, verse 3, he said this. He said, when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. So that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Doesn't that sound like the, the American gospel that a lot of people have bought into? That, that God is just some cosmic genie in a lamp that you can just get on your knees and rub the lamp and tell God what you want. and You know, like a, a, a heavenly Santa Claus. If you're, if, you're, if you're nice and not naughty, he might just give you what you want. But I'm telling you, Jesus has given us a prescription of prayer for the glory of the Father. That doesn't mean you can't come with your disease or your desires that that doesn't mean you can't come with your wants those it's, it's not always about a crisis it's not always about a, a need God cares he wants to bless you he's a good father he knows how to give good gifts but even in blessing your life a, above and beyond what you ask for, he wants to be glorified in it I'm going to ask the worship team to come and uh, We're out of time. I would be remiss if I talked to you about praying and I didn't invite you to pray. So we're going to do something in these next few moments. We're going to just have a time of prayer. As the worship team prepares to facilitate this moment, I want to tell you about something else in our church that God is doing. On Wednesday night, just this past Wednesday night, we had an awesome prayer gathering. I mean, man, the Spirit of God was in this place. And I've already told you, I've I've been asking and seeking and knocking for God's wisdom for us. I'm saying, God, what's your next for the life of this church? And and I'll be honest, a lot of those prayers are are, are very physical-oriented prayers. I'm thinking about brick and mortar. I'm thinking about square footage. I'm thinking about the issues that we're trying to grow through. But God sees it on so many levels. And while I was praying on Wednesday night, God showed me something. And I believe this is absolutely critical to the next for this church. We're worshiping on Sunday morning. This this is the second time I've preached this message now. I'll preach it again at 1130. And in my mind's eye as we were praying on Wednesday night, I could see so clearly this service Filled up three times on Sunday and once on Wednesday. Now, we've already seen it filled up three times on Sunday on several occasions. But I believe the Spirit was speaking to me saying, the next is going to be predicated not on what happens Sunday, but what happens in here on Wednesday. If you'll seek me, you'll, you'll find me if you seek me with all of your heart. And in my spirit, just as as real as I can see you sitting there looking at me right now, I saw this room filled up on Wednesday night with people worshiping the Lord and praying and seeking the Lord, going after his heart, finding a place at this altar and bringing their families, bringing the community, bringing their neighbors before the throne room of grace, interceding on behalf of loved ones who don't know the Lord calling down heaven to favor and protect christians that are in persecuted countries like afghanistan and i saw this room full and i sensed i knew what it felt like i've been there before many of you have too and that familiarity and the liberty of just seeking the heart of jesus and the power of doing it in community was it was almost palpable And God showed me so clearly that that if we'll seek Him, if we'll turn up the intensity of our pursuit of His presence, there is no limit to what He can do. And there's no limit to what He wants to do in and through our lives. So I want to invite you, if you'd stand with me all over this room, and we're we're just going to have an altar moment right now. Now, if for you the altar moment works best at the altar, then I want to invite you to come. You can find a place at this altar, if you want to just stand where you are, you can do that too. But we're gonna take a moment and we're just gonna to pray to the Lord. You say, What are we gonna pray about? Whatever. I'm not gonna tell you what to pray about. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what junk you left in the kitchen you gotta go back home to. I just know that God said you can pray about whatever. There's a there's a range. And it's fast. So we're going to seek the Lord for a few moments. And we're going to fill the requirement. We're going to pray in his name. And we're going to believe for the response. He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's going to do it for one reason. That Jesus would be exalted. That God would be glorified. So whatever the need is in your life, can we just take a few moments here at the close of this service, And let's just seek the Lord together. If you want to come and find a place at the altar to kneel or to stand you can come but let's just seek the Lord all over this room maybe you want to even just lift a hand up toward heaven God even in this moment we just reach for you God we're seeking you some are coming and they're finding a place at the altar we kneel God as an outward sign of surrender God we we bow before you Lord because we recognize that you are the king forever and when the king walks in the room, Lord, everyone takes a, a, a submitted posture. And so, Lord, right now, we lay our whole selves down before you. You are the high king forever. And we bring the needs of our lives to your throne room of grace. God, right now, would you begin to move in situations that we've been stirred over? God, I believe today you're, you're challenging some of us to, to not only ask but to go beyond asking. We need to begin to seek. With ingenuity we need to begin to knock on opportunities door father i believe today even in this moment as we're praying god give us a next step give us a direction god for somebody today that doesn't even know who to ask doesn't even know where to turn they're up against an immovable mountain Thank you, Lord, for the promise in your word that says, if you'll call upon me, I'll show you great and unsearchable things right now by your Holy Spirit. God, would you begin to give revelation? Would you begin to give insight? Would you give us understanding so that we know that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord? God, right now, we're interceding for those that are not in the house, those that are not in the family of God, those that we love that are far from you. God, would you do a work right now Your word says no one seeks the Father unless the Spirit draws them. So we're trusting you, Holy Spirit, to be our partner in the work of redemption. Would you soften their heart? Would you deal with the backslider? Would you call the prodigals home? Lord, in Jesus' name, we're trusting in you that we and our families will be saved according to your word in Acts 16. God, I thank you that right now, You're moving, Lord, even in the Middle East. God, in situations that look desperate, and they are. God, would you rise up? Would you be the vindication for your people? Lord, would you deliver those Christians who are living in persecution? God, would you come and defend your people and deliver them? God, in Jesus' name, would you take those whose hearts are the most hardened, those who hate you and who hate your people, those like Saul on the Damascus Road. God, would you strike down and blind the eyes of terrorists even now as we stand in faith. Would you blind them, Lord? Would you cause their heart to be open to see the living God? And, Lord, when they open their eyes again, may they have a heart that is fully committed to you and to your kingdom cause. Lord, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. God, we lift up those in Haiti who are just dealing with the ramifications of yet another earthquake, God, natural disasters that have just destroyed that nation and their economy, their infrastructure. God, we pray. We pray today, Lord. For your sovereign hand of grace to move Lord move God if there's anyone here today that, that doesn't know you who doesn't know how to begin to follow you right now Lord would you just fill them with your Holy Spirit would you just give them the presence of Jesus as they confess sin to you as they repent as they turn to you Jesus we lay our whole lives down We trust in you, Jesus. We can do nothing without you, Lord. We can do nothing without you. Come on, in this posture of prayer today, would you just lift up your voice to the Lord?